Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Greetings. How are you doing? We are here on another journey of attachment, and it is quite a journey, isn't it? Alrighty, so this is podcast number 251, and it is called Begging to be Loved. So what made me even come up with this one today? Well, I saw a meme online. I don't even remember where it was, but it just said, never beg to be loved. And it kind of hit me. Not really hard, but it hit me because I thought, you know what? I can remember feeling that way. I can remember feeling that sense of desperation. So I thought it would be relevant to my audience as well. Because sometimes when you're in these attached relationships, you can feel extremely desperate, like beyond desperate, like a desperate you never even knew was possible, right? So as well, for people who have been on the other side of this, you know, as in, let's say somebody's really into you and you're not into them and there's just no way, no matter what they say or do, that you're going to say, yeah, I want to keep seeing you or I want to be in a relationship with you. And so no matter which side of the fence you're on, you should have a perspective that, hey, begging to be loved doesn't really work. But when you're the person begging to be loved, It's almost as though you can't help it. So feeling like this can lead you to a great deal of shame. And it really is, again, at the bottom of it all, a place that you're going to have to accept that you feel this way and not fight it. Often we're always fighting these shameful negative feelings and it really doesn't do anything for you. So I'll give you an example. It would be being in a dysfunctional relationship And let's say the other person finally decides they've had enough. I don't love you. I don't care about you. You know, whatever it happens to be, they're just done. And so you feel almost like you're having an out-of-body reaction to it, as though somebody's holding a gun to your head and you think you're going to die. It's like this panic overtakes you. And you might even beg them to give you another chance to show how awesome you are. And... This only happens, by the way, in attached relationships that are insecure. It does not happen in healthy relationships. And so it's a feeling also that you may have been misunderstood or you're not seen properly. And it's almost like, well, here, let me open up my cape and show you what's here. Please don't leave me because you're so invested and you want them to be as invested as you are. So in a dysfunctional relationship, in this example, when they break up with you, it sends you into that tailspin and you will start begging them to stay. I mean, that's basically what I'm just saying over and over and over again here is that's what you're doing because you don't like the feeling you have inside your body. It makes you feel desperate like you're going to die. I know I've said that like three times, but it's it's I'm trying to make a point of really what this is creating though, is a sense of, let's say that you're in that place. It's like you're looking ahead at your life. You're looking in the future and it's like there is a desert ahead. Like 
my life isn't going to be worth living. Like there is nothing to look forward to, or I'm going to have to repeat what it was like when I was single and I felt so desperate and I hated it when I was single or whatever it is that's going through a person's mind that is creating this feeling of, oh my God, don't leave me. So when you see your future as pain and you feel that even if this is the most dysfunctional relationship you've ever been in, that this person by staying is going to create some kind of feeling like a Band-Aid, then you're going to fight tooth and nail to keep them around in whatever way is possible. So it can be a painful relationship, but it's familiar and that level of pain is familiar. And so because you're used to it, you're okay with it. All of a sudden the complaints you had about that relationship don't matter because it's about don't take away my life raft. You have to stay here. And you may even tell yourself some bullshit that, hey, things are going to get better at some point if I can just hold on to him or her now. So they become the oxygen you breathe and you're afraid of starting all over again because that attached part of you that is attached to this person is feeling a complete loss. Like you've lost your soul, your arm, something. You feel this incredibly deep, devastating loneliness. So get a paper and pen because you can write down today's call to action, the CTA. Begging someone to stay with you triggers shame because you're judging yourself. Accept those shameful feelings instead of disowning them. It's okay. Got that? Awesome. And of course, today I'm going to share a wonderful story from my own life. Yay! <laughs> wow, that's fun. So when I was a senior in high school, I had a relationship with a guy and it was so dysfunctional. And, and I would have to say, by the way, before I even start telling the story, that for me, that feeling happened when I was younger and it happened with friends rather than a relationship with a man or with a boy. So just so you know, it can apply to any situation. Okay. So anyways, I was a senior in high school and I had this dysfunctional relationship and he and I were supposed to be going out, I think that next day or something. And he said, oh, you know, he called me and he's like, oh, I can't go out with you. And he wasn't a jerk or mean or, you know, anything that made me think there was a problem. And so I asked him why, and he hung up on me. And it triggered me. I mean, I'd never actually been triggered to the degree that I was triggered because I had no idea. Like, at least when I was younger and, and I had that feeling of desperation, I knew that something had happened, but here I had no freaking clue. I just was in a panic. I couldn't sleep. I'd never had that reaction before. And I couldn't figure out what I had done wrong. Like I told, I, I felt so misunderstood and I was so confused because I thought we were actually having a good time in our relationship. And I thought we had a pretty good relationship up until that point, but I'm calling it dysfunctional because obviously when shit like this happens, hello. Who's paying attention? Well, 
clearly I wasn't. So it brought up feelings of being wrong and I wanted to prove that I could be a great girlfriend and I thought there was something I had done horribly wrong. So that belief was triggered that I'm wrong, which has been one of my big negative core beliefs. So it also triggered not just that one, but it also triggered the I'm not good enough one. I suck ass, basically. So I just couldn't handle it. I needed to know. I had to find out what the hell was going on. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I really couldn't eat. My whole focus was on, no, we have to keep trying. No, I I just couldn't even process it. It just felt so horrible. Now, you know, I was, I think, 17, 18 years old, whatever I was. I wasn't looking at that, though, as this was the last relationship or the only relationship, which people tend to feel like that as they get older. But it was a statement I felt was being made about me that I didn't understand. So the next day when I went to his house, because of course I had to do that, I remember begging him to give us a chance because I didn't understand to make it work. And the thing is, he didn't say yes or no. He actually wasn't straight with me. He didn't really give me any idea of what happened. And he acted like almost nothing happened, even though... He still wasn't, it was weird. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember it right now and I, it's really fuzzy. And I just remember being there and I remember being there for a long time. And at the same time, he was pissed, but then he wasn't pissed, but then he didn't want me to leave. So it was a lot, a lot of mixed messages. And so that ended up making me want to try harder. It was like I had to prove to myself even though I didn't even know that's what was going on, that I had value. And so I was begging him. So anyways, what was the happy ending to this bullshit? Well, the happy ending for me was uh, this relationship ended up going on for a couple of years. And no, it did not always look like that. But there were a lot of highs and lows. And I never begged at any point in time to have him stay. I, I never did that again. And what it actually did was it turned me into somebody who was so cut off from her emotions. I absolutely was for the longest time. Is that the happy ending? No, that was not the happy ending. The happy ending was one day, I think, it, you know, after a couple of years, I was sitting at his house and I was, his friend was there. And I just remember looking around the room. It's one of those defining moments in life. So I was looking around the room and I'm like, what am I doing here? And it wasn't that it had been all this high drama up to this point. It was just this feeling of I had nothing left to prove, right or wrong. It was really where I started to see myself. I actually had a little bit of self-awareness at that time. And it allowed me to come full circle in the relationship. It was like a switch went off and I realized it wasn't serving me in any way. And really it had become kind of heavy, kind of boring, kind of like there was nothing there for me. It was a very strange feeling because I'd never never had experienced it before, but I had to emotionally get to that place so that I could leave. And I did. And so, and it's, you know, of course I could tell you what happened after that, but really it doesn't matter because for me, it was more about coming from that place of begging desperation and to where it took me. So again, I'm going to repeat to you the little call to action, the CTA. Begging someone to stay with you triggers shame 
because you're judging yourself. Accept those shameful feelings instead of disowning them. It's okay. So why is this important? So many people feel that if they aren't perfect, they're going to be alone. At least those with insecure attachment feel that way. So it's a matter of being chosen rather than choosing. There is nothing that flawed or fucked up about us that we need to beg someone to be with us. So basically, you don't need to beg anybody to be with you. And it's a complete misnomer that you feel that way to begin with, okay? Because it's just not true. So I know what you're thinking, of course. You're thinking it is true. You're thinking I wasn't on my best behavior or I took the relationship I was in for granted. So now I need to show this person that I'm great and I'm worth sticking around for. I'm desperate to feel I'm okay and I need the acknowledgement from this person because I feel annihilated emotionally. So, hey, guess what? They're never going to see you for how you want to be seen. Like I said in the beginning, when you're on the other side of the fence, when you're the person who's like done, there's nothing anybody can really do to convince you. And nobody wants to be convinced anyway. So you probably worn those shoes with somebody else. And no matter how special or wonderful or bitching you think your connection is with your attached person, it isn't if they're saying they want out. It is one-sided. They don't need to wake up with a brick falling on their head and say, oh my God, you're it for me. Oh, that can happen. Sure, I'm not going to deny that. But it usually happens when you've already moved on. And then it's a choice. And then it's, am I going to want to choose that person? But right now, guess what? You're stuck. And you're not going to convince them or force them to love you or be with you or see you in a way you want them to. It just doesn't work. So what are the tips? I got three, three today. One, this isn't something you can just stop in the moment and say, okay, I'm not going to do this. You have to work through it emotionally to get to the place where you're going to be able to let go, which means you're going to have to look at and feel what it feels like to have that desperate feeling, okay? So you're going to have to let yourself feel it. It may overwhelm you. It may feel like you want to run away from your own body. But if you just sit there and you feel it, you're starting to connect to yourself. Half the problem is that empty feeling is self-generated. It is a complete and total abandonment of yourself. So when you start to focus back on yourself and give yourself attention, then you're going to start to actually feel better, even though it's really painful. So number two, you're going to have to also learn to deal with disappointment. See, a lot of the begging that you're doing is not about this person is the love of your life. It's that you don't want to face the disappointment that this relationship is over because you have an attachment to this person. And so it is to actually feel the disappointment and not emotionally disconnect. So let yourself see reality. See it. Do not lie to yourself. Okay? Three. Ride the wave and open yourself to have awareness at what keeps you there. What is it that's actually keeping you there? Look deeper at what you're afraid of losing and why you think you can only get it from this person. Scarcity is at work here, let me tell you. All right, I'm going to read you that call to action one more time. Begging someone to stay with you triggers shame because you're judging yourself. Accept those shameful feelings instead of disowning them. It is okay. And I am saying it really is okay. 
You will survive. You will get through this. It has, again, nothing to do with the other person. But the extreme feelings you're feeling, again, are just symbolic of the disconnect you feel with yourself. You have a universal right. You have the right to be as crazy as you want to be without harming someone else. Be fucking crazy, okay? If you're practicing self-awareness, you'll realize what you're doing so you're able to stop. Again, crazy without harming others, by the way. So you can be. Don't feel like you got to put a lid on it. That makes it worse. I don't have any related podcasts today because we didn't have time to look any up. But I'm sure if you pop in a search term on my website on the podcast page, you can probably find related podcasts. So thank you for listening. If you have a question about the podcast, you can email podcast at tracycrossley.com and hopefully I can answer it in one of my Facebook live shows that I'm doing on Thursdays at noon Pacific Standard Time. If you go to my Facebook coaching page, you're going to find it there. I love getting those questions and answering them there because I feel like it's so helpful. If you want weekly email reminders about the podcast, then please go ahead and sign up on my website for that email list. I also have another email list and I highly recommend signing up for it because I just recorded a free anxiety meditation that we're giving out to people on their birthday. So if you sign up, put your birthday in. But we like to give away freebies and goodies once in a while. So I think it's really valuable. And of course, if we have courses and other stuff coming out, you're going to get that information too. Not often, but you're going to get that information. So you want my social media? I'm all over the internet. You can find me anywhere. Just pop my name in. Remember, empowerment is about choosing you. If you want healthier relationships with the people in your life, make a conscious decision about how you interact with them. You can start now. Until next time, toodaloo. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.